Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Friends From Work. This is a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's hosted by me, Kyle Sconowill, and my longtime friend, good friend, beautiful man, Robbie Earl. Robbie, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thanks. I, uh, I'm glad to be here. You know, it's always, it's always nice to come back on the Friends From Work. My brain is still recovering from... Watching 34 episodes of Daredevil between Tuesday and Sunday. I'm not kidding. When I got on the plane on Tuesday, I had not seen any of Daredevil season two. I watched all of season two. I watched the horrible eight episodes of Defenders. And then I watched 13 (laughs) more episodes of season three Daredevil all before Sunday. On Sunday, I had nothing to do. (laughs) That's how much, I mean, that's so much mindless consumption, I can't even tell you. It's just like. Only in time for you to find out that it's actually being ported over to Disney Plus after all here in a couple weeks. Well, it started with that in mind. Like it started with, oh my gosh, these are all going out by February 28th, so I better watch them all. And you were like, well, we'll just cover season one and we'll figure out the rest later. But then as I started watching, I couldn't stop watching. And I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> I have a couple funny thoughts though, Robbie, about Daredevil really quick, if you don't mind. Yeah. I am a weird person. I'm so strange. <laughs> and here's why I say that. I am obsessed with my things, right? And when you try to offer me a new thing, I am not an early adopter. So how long did you try to get me to watch Daredevil? I bet you texted me or called me 15 to 20 times trying to get me to actually watch Daredevil. And because it's a new thing, I just never had any interest. (laughs) That's no, that's true. Especially because of, of like the, the John Pisano connection. I know it takes, you have to move literal mountains for me to try to (laughs) watch a new thing because it's not one of my things, but here's the kicker. Once I actually took the leap, I kind of watched season one a little guarded, like, okay, that was good. But, you know, it's not my main thing. It's not the MCU. I liked it, but okay. Then season two, I didn't think was as good. Defenders was really poor. But now Mm -hmm. I'm committed. Now I've watched like 20 hours of television. So then I put on season three. And what a beautiful, horrific season it was. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 
It's so good. And here's the point of my entire story. Now I can't get it out of my head. Now I can't stop thinking about Daredevil. Everything's oh, Daredevil. Wow. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I wish MCU had more Daredevil. Like, what's wrong with the MCU? Like, I've come full circle just because wow. now it's one of my things. <laughs> what the heck? I'm so weird. <laughs> I mean, it makes me so happy because you're right. I have been wanting you to to watch that forever. One, because I just love the character, but I really thought you would like Charlie Cox's version of the character. And... And I and I know I feel like the part of you that loves Thanos, I've always thought would enjoy Vincent D'Onofrio's version of Wilson Fisk. Not saying that they're that they're the same right. or on the same level, but I think some of the things that I hear you cite as reasons for why Thanos is so high on your list of of villains, I think also apply to that version of Wilson Fisk. Oh, the dread and the manipulation in the background. Are you kidding me? Let's freaking go for both of those characters. Man. So the barrier of entry is high for me, but once you're in, I'll hold, I'll hold on dearly for the rest of my life. I do have one other daredevil <laughs> note because I can't stop thinking about it. Um, uh-huh. This was really interesting. So I finished daredevil season three on Sunday midday. And what did I text you? I was like, Robbie, if you don't answer the phone when I call you, our relationship depends on it. I need, I had such a visceral response. I was like, I need to talk to somebody about Daredevil and you're my person. That's why we started this podcast. If you don't answer, we're on seriously shaky ground. And <laughs> lo and behold, we didn't get a chance to talk until later that night. So I went on Instagram. I said, guys, oh my gosh, I just finished season three. Ask me anything. And I got a ton of questions from our listeners. Here's the point. Sorry. Wow. I'm, I'm jazzed up today. <laughs> okay. The point of this all was somebody asked me if I'm sensitive to violence, should I still watch it? And I answered the question, no, no. Uh, it's very, very violent. Oh my goodness. And it's not just violent. It's so dark. You know, it's like, it's dark violence. Right. It's not lighthearted at all. And that got me thinking about, okay, it's moving to Disney plus on March 16th. Disney Plus has never really had something like this. I've been reading that they're going to add like parental controls, which it needs to be honest because it's very violent. Right, right. But that just got me thinking about the violence and it being in the MCU and being that gory. And I, I had got a really shocking response from my wife. I didn't realize that my wife is still not really into Daredevil because it's this violent. Basically, if I had to Mm. sum up her feelings, she's almost mad at the show because she doesn't like this much violence, but she wants to know what happens. And she's now frustrated that the MCU is making her watch something like this to learn about the character, even though she doesn't want to, which is so shocking to Mm. me because I loved it. And so I was like taken aback, but that got people talking on Slack too. And I guess I never thought of it that way, Robbie. Can the MCU make a show like this required viewing if it's this violent? That's a good question. I, I think I think no, but I don't think that that means that they have to scrap it. I think it goes back to what we've talked about before where I wouldn't be surprised if, if we were to get even like a Marvel Legends episode summing up you know, the origins and and the storyline so far of Daredevil and Fisk and maybe just their relationship and to the degree that they were to bring in Foggy and Karen, you know, all of that without, and obviously not need to go through the violence there. Um, And then I think that with some kind of, you know, maybe not even flashback 
scenes, but just sort of allusions to, you know, like, I think it's interesting. We have, I, I use this comparison all the time and I know some people don't like it, but I, I continue to think that it's, it's the easiest way for me to think about it is like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk where, okay, first off, we don't even really have a straight up origin in Incredible Hulk for Edward Norton's Hulk because it followed so closely after the 2003 Eric Bana one. So they just do the, the mm. credits thing where they kind right. of show you what's happening. But then we, de- you know, like I, I still have a hard time connecting that version of the character to Mark Ruffalo. Like they're just played so differently. And I know we kind of got that in What If, but that's the closest that's ever been. And so my point is like we've, we've gone a long time with that character without really getting any backstory because we all kind of know like, okay, there was a gamma accident. It made him the Hulk. He's a scientist whenever he's not the Hulk. It's kind of all you have to know. And I think that we could do, there could be a similar version of that where it's like they, they treat Daredevil, the show, kind of like the Incredible Hulk where like, yeah, you might have people from that appear later like General Ross or Abomination and we, you know, beyond Daredevil and Fisk who we have already had appear in the MCU. Yeah, like maybe we have Dex appear and maybe they, they kind of explain his role anew like they did with General Ross in Civil War, you know? But I don't think they're going to... Like, you don't have to have seen Incredible Hulk to get Civil War, right? Um, right. And to get who Ross is in Civil War. And I think that they're going to do something kind of like that, where it's like, we know the core, we know who Kingpin is, they kind of established that in Hawkeye to some degree anyway. Um, we know that Matt Murdock is a lawyer and has some kind of super abilities just from no way home. And I think that like the rest, they can just kind of fill in, you know? Well, and it should also be known with Matt that he's dressed the exact same way. I don't think they would do that. They would tweak something if it was, if it wasn't meant to be the same person, which again is a really interesting topic because if you rewind this podcast, like six months ago, what did I say? I said that <laughs> if they're going to bring those characters in, just start fresh. Because I hadn't seen any of that stuff. So I was like, I don't want to know that stuff. Just make a new character. Right. Now that I've watched it all, with certain aspects, I'm like, man, I don't want them to start fresh. Like, I don't want to lose what happened between Fisk and Matt now. Like, I like that right. needs to inform these versions of these characters. <laughs> and so I've come full circle on that. But what's right. weird, Robbie, is like, I want to almost pick and choose. And maybe the multiverse allows you to do that. Because like, I don't want the Defenders or Iron Fist in the MCU. Right. I don't. But Iron Fist is in Daredevil's story. So how can you say that it's all canon, but not a few parts? That's really weird to me. You know, that's the problem. And that's going right. to be the same problem they're going to have with X-Men. There's right. going to be certain things like Logan, the movie, that were critically acclaimed, or like First Class and uh, Days of Future Past, which were better. But then you, if you say those are canon, then you're also accepting, you know, X-Men 1 and... X-Men 3. And so, like, I don't know how you get around that. Like, I want Charlie Cox and Wilson Fisk exactly the same as they were in the show. (laughs) But I do not Uh want Luke Cage or Iron Fist or The Hand to ever make an appearance in the MCU. See, I I just think that I'm kind of fine. I'm, I'm fine with the world in which, like, if you want to be, like, really meticulous about what happened that yes, the things in the Defenders happened because that led to Daredevil 
going through what he goes through in season three. Like I'm, I'm fine with that because I think there's a world where we can, we can know that that's the case and never actually have to spend any time going back and watching Iron Fist. Like I don't <laughs> think true. that that would, you know, like, but I, but I do. Th- this gets back to our conversation last week, though, um, where it's or maybe two weeks ago when we were talking about the this this tendency to want to elevate these things so that it's okay that they're canon. Like, I think that there is this right, weird right. tension you have to sit in where it's like, okay, yeah, that like to great. get this, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to get the good stuff, like to get this great season three Daredevil Fisk stuff, yeah, like we kind of have to sort of at least bring in some of the Defender stuff that's not good. And that's fine because I don't think we need to go revisit it. I don't think that they're going to revisit it because I think everyone kind of knows, like I told you from the from the beginning, the worst thing that they ever did in the Netflix stuff was try to link it all through this kind of weird mystical ninja stuff that just doesn't mm-hmm. like doesn't work. And that's why I mean I think I drew the comparison in our first Shang-Chi episode where it's like whether or not Shang-Chi is, is your favorite Marvel movie of all time, if you watch Iron Fist or even just The Defenders and then you watch Shang-Chi, it's like, okay, like one creative team did something right and one creative team did something horribly wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> it's pretty clear which is which. And <laughs> and so I guess I'm I, I I guess I would just say like I don't think we have to parse it that finely. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I, I think I think I just think that the story that we get from Matt specifically and Fisk is so strong to my mind, particularly in the way it concludes in season three. I just don't know if it can be topped, and I I okay, feel okay. so strongly about that that I don't I don't want to have to trash that just so that we can say. Agreed. The hand never existed in the MCU, you know? Agreed. Okay, two final thoughts then. Then we'll move on, I swear. Uh, Don't you think that that's a little bit of a sign of the MCU getting a little bit looser in general? Not necessarily even in a bad way. But, like, when you had the Infinity Saga and that's all we had, if you were telling someone to watch it that has never seen it, you included everything, right? The only movie maybe you were like, you could probably skip is Incredible Hulk. But otherwise, you were like, don't miss any of these. Watch them all in order. It will pay off. Boom. That's one thing. Like, people knew, okay, I go back. There's 22 films. Like, I know what I need to watch. You can watch it in a summer, and it's a contained thing. You're caught up. Right. But don't you agree now that, like, if you told someone now, you would say, okay, all the Infinity Saga, and now here's where we're at, and you'd have to start being like, you can watch Daredevil, but you can watch Iron Fist, but... You don't have to, or you could just watch Daredevil season three. So not only are we adding so much content, there's also some where it's not becoming as much of required viewing to where the MCU is expanding, which is awesome, but it's also getting a little bit more loosely held. Am I making any sense? Right. No, it does. I think that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting point. And two things briefly. One, it was funny. The day that we released last week's episode uh, that quote from Joe Russo, I think it was Joe Russo, came out. It was one of the Russos talking about sort of what we were getting at in that last episode about like the multiverse and how that's like a cool idea that, you know, also shouldn't be overdone and that you should kind of be careful with 
how far down that road you go because it can start to kind of lose its meaning and lose its impact. And I'm, I'm saying that now because I hear a lot of people say that their, their response to these things is, oh, well, it's easy. Everything that happened in the, in the Netflix shows is just like a slightly different timeline. And it's not the sacred timeline, but it's really, really close so that we can basically take everything we want and not take everything we don't want. And I think like headcanon wise, that's totally fine. And that's maybe even a nicer way to, you know, for us to be able to to keep the the good Daredevil stuff and get rid of the bad Defenders style stuff. But I really think that it's smarter for for Marvel Studios to kind of stay on the, at least on the Daredevil side, just to stay silent and like let it, like it's on Disney Plus now. So if you want to go back and watch it, I think, I think they should treat that as though it's just like canon, but also recognize that there are going to be a lot of people watching things moving forward that might feature Daredevil and Fisk that either never watch those shows or just are not going to because of how intense they are and they're like Annika. And I think they need to provide for that. Mm-hmm. And make sure that they're giving those people again, like a Bruce Banner style introduction, like we got in Avengers, which I think is really fully mm-hmm. doable. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I think that's preferable with all of this stuff. Like even with the X Men, one, I, 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 th- I think that I think that Daredevil and Wilson Fisk are kind of unique in this conversation because they were like so exceptionally well cast. And because in general, like their storyline was so solid and so intriguing mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't think anyone could imagine topping that. And it, so it just wouldn't make sense with the X-Men stuff. And with like the other, like the other things that we're looking at bringing in, I just don't know that's the case. Like, yes, there were good X-Men movies. Yes. Like Hugh Jackman was great as Wolverine, but also I don't know if there is another Hugh Jackman Wolverine story to tell. I'm actually almost positive that there is not another Wolverine <laughs> Hugh Jackman there story. There was to tell. so many. There was so many. <laughs> like and 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 by the way, he like even in the worst movies, even in even in Origins Wolverine, which is a terrible terrible movie, Hugh Jackman still shows up. So kudos to him. Like he did a really really good job with that character, but like He's aging out. I think he right. he was very happy to treat Logan as his swan song. And I don't know there's anyone else in that cast like even in the new in the new cast that Fassbender need- maybe. Yeah, yeah, Fassbender maybe. Um but But I I see your point, but then that forces us to go character by character, which we won't do right now. Right. Either well, include but, it or don't but include it. But that's the other thing. That's the other thing though that that you and I were talking about at least offline is the nice thing about Daredevil is, yes, like some of the Defenders stuff arguably gets to a kind of Avengers level, but I don't think that that's the biggest takeaway from the show, and I don't think that it's like such right. that it like couldn't have existed yes. in the MCU, especially if you if you date it correctly, right? Um, but when Magneto's but flying that, with a baseball stadium, you'd have right. to. Like, I mean, the, the Avengers would have heard of that. Yeah, and I. And I just don't know that there's any, I don't know there's anything gained by how complicated it would be to try to graft that stuff in. I think we'll get multiverse references to those franchises, Mm -hmm. which will be fun. 
But I don't think that those should end with us having people from those franchises, characters from those franchises come over to the main the main timeline. I think that like if anything, it's a fun like, yes, those things exist. But then we have like, let, let's have a new Magneto come up, you know, like let's have a new a new Wolverine like after enough time has passed. Like I just don't. I, I, I say all this. In You're crushing to Annika's your dreams. If it's not Hugh Jackman, <laughs> she's out. She's out. She's over. I just don't. I just don't know that <laughs> Hugh Jackman even wants that. I think he was really <laughs> happy with the ending he got. I mean, it would be like it's. It's like with what we've talked about with uh, RDJ. Like, you know, like as much as I love that character, and every time I watch old old MCU stuff, it's just like a reminder the gap that he left when he's when he exited. I still if don't want him to come back because that was such a great exit. If it's not Hugh Jackman, um, so I send I, it I, back. I send it back. <laughs> if the salad <laughs> comes on top of the pasta, I send it back. Why would I put the salad on the pasta? <laughs> if it comes on top, I send it back. <laughs> Do you know that deep cut offense reference? Yeah, that's a. Yeah. I, I like. I like. I love the deep cut. The deep cut references that's a deep that you job. have. That that's the difference between being friends with Kyle and being friends with any other millennial. Is everyone has <laughs> Office references, but <laughs> Kyle's true. got Office references. I love this conversation. I feel like we could get into this a lot more. I think we probably will get into some of this post Doctor Strange. Almost certainly, um, we'll be forced right. to. And I would add, you're correct. Daredevil is a unique case, I think, because his three seasons. If you don't include the defenders, his three seasons would almost seamlessly move into the MCU, no problem. There's almost nothing right. there that you'd be like, oh my gosh, why didn't he call the Avengers? Or why didn't they hear about this? Or yeah, you know I mean, like it's totally passable. And we already right. saw Fisk and we saw Charlie Cox. So maybe they are doing that with right. him in particular. But yes, with the other stuff, like X-Men cannot seamlessly just fit in. You have to explain it in some new way. Absolutely. My last thought on the rating front. Mm-hmm. It just should be pointed out how unique this source material is. I was thinking about how Annika didn't like Daredevil for the reason that I kind of like it. Not that I want it to be this violent, but I've been asking the MCU to be darker, grittier, a little more violent, right? right? So even in this in the same household, we both don't like the same thing. And right. it just got me thinking, like, when Stan Lee wrote a ton of these characters, I think a lot of it, his intended audience was younger-ish, right? Like, right. not kids, but maybe teenagers or whatever. That's probably who he had in mind when he was writing Spider-Man. But I think that's fair. Because comics have been around for so long, what happens? The intended audience grows up. So they now still love the stories, but now they're 45 and they're still into it. And right. what you're writing for a 45-year-old probably needs to evolve a little bit. Versus a 14-year-old. But that's just so unique because then you can't please everybody. If you make a story for kids, and there's probably some people that want it to be darker and it's not serious enough or whatever. If you make a story like Daredevil, there's some people that are like, this is too much for me. It's not what I want. And my point is something like Lord of the Rings doesn't have that problem, right? Because they had the source material and it stayed the same. They're not constantly evolving it. Although now they are adding some stuff. Even Star Wars has had a little bit of this problem. And I heard Dave Filoni actually talk about this. He talked about, you know, like when the first original trilogy was made, that target audience was probably what, 20 years old, 18 years old? Uh Well, now, by the time Mandalorian's coming out, that audience is, and I don't know the math exactly, but that audience is maybe 50. And the difference is 
Star Wars was always meant to be, in his words, a children's story. So it's fun and it can evolve and all that stuff, but it was made for a different audience. When we try to make it something it's not, that's when it's weird. You can't please everybody with every single project, I'm realizing. Right. Well, and I, that's a really that that's an astute observation, I think, with Stanley and Daredevil because I think one of the really interesting things about that character and and in some ways X Men, but I'm not going to get into that now. That's for a, a future time when that's more relevant. But um, Daredevil is one of those characters that was introduced around the same time as Spider Man in the Fantastic Four. But to your point, really kind of came into his own as that original audience aged up. Like people like to talk about the eighties in Marvel comics as the phase during which they realized they had kept a lot of their readership from the sixties and they needed to figure out how to now appeal to that readership as they were no longer 11 year olds. They were, you know, 30 year -year olds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think, that Daredevil is, is the most famous example of of a successful version of that where Frank Miller came in and really redefined, not rebooted, but just like added in a lot of new elements, some good, some like fine. But the biggest thing he did was just kind of add a, a grittiness to it that has really clung to the character. And I think if if not for that, then Netflix wouldn't have felt the need or, you know, the motivation to imagine that Daredevil series so differently from the way that really like any other Marvel story, whether we're talking MCU or the Raimi Spider-Man films or the Brian Singer X-Men films or anything have been imagined because they, that's the, the version of the character that really took off. Um, so I think you're right about that. Like, I think that like, whereas Spider-Man stuff, like we've talked about, I think people still look back at the 60s stuff as the real heyday and where the DNA of the character is. So you see the the Tom Holland trilogy working so well in large part because they're calling back to that stuff. With Daredevil, to call back to that, to the heyday, really means to get adult with it. Um, and so right. I, I think what's what's interesting about that is, like I saw a quote from Charlie Cox on the the move to Disney Plus and the parental control stuff that you were mentioning. And he was asked about a potential reboot and whether it should be PG-13. And he basically said that, you know, that would be, he would support that and be all in for it, but that he he still thinks that it needs to be R-rated to to be the kind of, you know, to have the vibe that he thinks the the show should have. And I guess that, you know, kind of have the weight that he thinks should be associated with it. I don't know if I agree or disagree with that, but I think it's interesting that it's something, it's not an accident, right? It's something the creators are aware of. And I think value in, in the way that it sets it apart from, from other things, by the way, I should say Deadpool would would maybe be as violent. Someone's going to write in about that. If I don't make a point to, to say Deadpool's also violent, but in a very different way, in a much more kind of cartoony way. Exactly. And it's violent, but it's also rated R for more of the like sex jokes and the language, right? Like there's none of that right. in Daredevil. Like Daredevil is R or TV mature strictly because of the gore, basically. <laughs> I mean, right. and the subject matter, but um, you know, child trafficking, drugs, etc. Anyways, a lot of people on our Slack always say this to me, and I think this is a perfect summary of what we just said. 
I truly do believe, though, a good story is a good story. Like, think about that. I get moved hmm. emotionally by Toy Story or Up, which are kids' movies. Right. But they can move me to almost tears. Right. And then on the other hand, just because something is super dark and bloody doesn't mean I'm more pumped up. I didn't get yes. more pumped up yeah. about Daredevil season two just because it was so violent when he's just kicking a bunch of right. Asian ninjas. It, it didn't do it for me. It's more <laughs> the showdown with Fisk and the tension there that then included violence because it was a better story. And so I think I oversell on this podcast how much I want those things when really it just kind of comes down to if the story's good or not. Oh, I think that, yeah. You can make an MCU kids movie that's unbelievable and in my top five. It's possible if the story's unbelievable. Well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that Batman, without getting into the new Batman film. Which, which we'll you're talk seeing about, tonight, right? Let's go. Um, yes, which I'm very excited about. We we both we both got invitations to screeners that neither of us could attend. Uh, because of scheduling issues, which is very frustrating. But also, who has a screener at 10 a.m. on a workday? Well, mine was mine was 7 p.m. But also, that's why we need to quit our jobs. That's what I've been saying. That's true. <laughs> so you can go to those things. That's true. <laughs> um, but I but I do think that that's a good example of that. Like, a, I, I think if you look at let's just say the the Nolan films and the Zack Snyder interpretation of, of the, the Ben Affleck Batman. They're both dark. They're both gritty in certain ways, but one utilizes that and, and tells really great stories. And one is just kind of dark and gritty for the sake of being dark and gritty. And it's kind of clear that, you know, one people are invested in one people are much less so other than a, very rabid contingent on the internet. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I do think there's a tendency sometimes to, like we said before, like find something that you think a thing that's good has that works and think that because it has that thing, that's why it works. And I just, th I don't think that's true. I think you're right on. Like I, I, it's, if you, if you have a story worth telling and that story naturally leads you in, in those directions, then I think you should be willing to go there. But if mm. it doesn't, then it, if it doesn't serve the story, it's it's not worth having. And if there isn't a story to be served, it's not worth making. You and I both love Spider-Man Homecoming. That's a pretty lighthearted film across the board. Right. Uh, Daredevil on Disney Plus, amongst a few other shows, on March 16th. So check that out. I had a blast watching it. Again, sensitive content. But if you like it, let us know. And if you do like it, um, specifically Daredevil, and hey, even Defenders, if you're a fan of the music from those oh, shows. Oh, here we go. I forgot about this. Okay, we need, oh, yeah, you, some housekeeping uh, things. Some housekeeping things. Yes, 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 yes. You might be interested in tuning into Friends from Work uh, here, here in a couple weeks. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say it. Say it. John Pizzino, the composer of Daredevil, the Spider-Man video games, Miles Morales, is coming on our show. Let's freaking go. And by the way, I... I actually think his work on Defenders was really great. I have that I have that score on vinyl because I'm a fan of his and because the art work on the vinyl is pretty dope and I like I listen to it and I'm like I haven't I've only ever seen the show once and I probably won't go back and watch it again, but listening to the music kind of divorced from the show, I'm like, yeah, this music is still excellent. This is the guy we've been championing for a long time. 
if you guys have been listening to this podcast, you'll know that. So I can't wait for that. Also, I just got to say, I'm working so hard to get Charlie Cox on this podcast. He turned me down one time, but I can do this all day. And I'm going to keep trying, and I'm going to get Charlie Cox on here. <laughs> and in fairness, he only turned us down because he's in production on something right now. True, but, but it might he, take five years, there's, there's a, but he'll be on here. There's a crack in the door. <laughs> I got to know. That's better than no answer, which is good. Um, a few sure. other housekeeping things, and then I can't wait to get into our first ever official actual power rankings. We've done this joke for a long time. We never actually have gotten down to it, Robbie. That's true. So that's going to be the, <laughs> that's a true. blast. Uh, some really important housekeeping things. One, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you like this podcast. But two, I hope you enjoyed our rewatch of Shang-Chi last night. We gave away a dope new shirt. Yes, which, again, if you didn't see it, um, one, please go follow us on on Twitter, Instagram, whatever socials you use. It's fun having conversations there. But also you'll see that the shirt we gave away is from Epic Hero Shop. And they have some really fun shirt designs uh, for Uh-oh. Marvel fans. Yeah. And if you see some and you're into them. Let's just put it this way. Hold on. You might see Robbie and I wearing a few of these in the in the videos upcoming. Wow. Wow. What a tease. What a tease. No, for real, those if you've enjoyed those rewatches, we're doing it again next week, right? Um with yes. yeah. Eternals. Eternals. Yes. Um, and I've got to say, in case I, I didn't say it last week, these are the two Shang-Chi and Eternals are just in all the craziness of life and Marvel content. Those are two that I just have have not really revisited since we did our initial episodes. And partially because I wanted to wait until we got in, in to that point in the rewatch. So I'm really, really excited uh, to get to Eternals. I was really excited to get to Shang-Chi. And so I, I think I think that's going to be a lot of fun to because to, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, there was so much other stuff going on that I don't know that that we've collected. We've, we've had several people message us actually asking if we would kind of do a revisiting Eternals episode um, because I think it's such a big, ambitious movie. And, you know, we just we were all, like by the time it came out, there was a ton of like we were moving into Hawkeye and Spider-Man and everything else. But, right. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how that holds up on a rewatch. And I think that'll be one that, that will be really fun to take part in. So, um, again, find us on the, on the social media outlets of your choice and we will be there watching Chloe Zhao's mega Marvel movie. And if I can get one last pitch in for my movie club next Monday, March 7th at 7 PM central is when I'll be doing live coverage of arrival with my friend Josh Gritter, who I think is going to be a really fun addition. I just value his opinion on movies, and he loves Arrival as well. So if you want to be up to date with that, even if you don't join me live at 7 p.m., maybe watch Arrival this weekend so the episode is a better listen for you next week. So there you go, Arrival. And you can hear me constantly botch the director's name, which I used to call Dennis Villanueva. And I, now I think it's like <laughs> Denis Villeneuve or something. And I'm going to have to learn. I'll practice this weekend, okay? Vi- Villeneuve? Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'll practice. I'll practice. If any of that stuff interests you, check out Friends from Work Plus. It's our Patreon page. It's $5 a month. And we'd love to have you over on that side of things. Okay, Robbie. Okay, Robbie. Let's get into our power rankings discussion. 
All right, so this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a little bit of a loose feeling this out. We always say, when we're talking about investment in characters and stuff like that, we always mention mm -hmm. it's not strictly their power, like how strong they are. But we thought it'd be fun for the first time ever to actually just lay out the opposite. Let's talk strictly all of these MCU protagonists and their actual strength, their power in the MCU. Who do you think would win in a fight? And let's kind of work through our list together. <laughs> this, this is so different for us, and I'm actually excited to do it. It is so different. This is the kind of thing we're always like, we're not into that. But here we go. And this <laughs> I, is really fun. I think there's a lot of people out there that are into this kind of thing. It might not be your thing, but yeah. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. No doubt. I think so too. And by the way, this this whole thing has kind of reminded me of Death Battle. Have you ever seen this show? <laughs> I have YouTube? heard of it. I have not seen it. Um, so one of Candace and I's friends is the producer on that show, what? which I just found out like two nights ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Timely. So he and I were talking through it and it was just sort of serendipitous that you and I were doing this uh, episode this week. So if anyone's ever interested in a, uh, in a Friends from Work death battle collaboration, not sure what that would look like, but let us know <laughs> when we can try to make it happen. Mm. Okay, so this is going to be really loose, but the only way that Robbie and I kind of thought ahead of time to structure this is we're going to break the heroes down into four tiers, strictly on strength. We're not including villains here. And we can start from the bottom. As we get closer to the top tiers, Robbie, I think we actually rank them. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think just to clarify, well, a couple things. One, we are, we are talking about protagonists by which we mean Marvel heroes that have been title characters of a movie or a, or a TV show and, and within the MCU proper. So we're not, until we know more, bringing in the Netflix stuff or, or any of that. We're not bringing in the Raimi films. We're just looking at, like, essentially the Infinity Saga plus everything else that came out last year. And if there were a character that, had billing in that, then they have a place here. But like, for instance, we're not going to be talking about like Rhodey because okay. Rhodey has not yet been the protagonist of a Marvel film or series. He will be, it seems, but. Okay, let's just get started and we can kind of feel this out. We're ultimately working okay. towards one list, a friends from work list, not a Robbie and a Kyle list. So here we go. In tier four, now, if we don't mention a character, I think that means they weren't even in these top four tiers, right? So, like, there's probably some characters, like Nick Fury, that's not going to be right. on the power level. Okay, 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 okay. Um, who, who belongs in tier four? Like, who is strong but the lowest of the strong characters? Throw, <laughs> throw one out. Okay, I so I think Hawkeye is, is the first character that comes to mind for me. And, and I'm talking about Clint Barton. Okay, so if Hawkeye's in the bottom tier, then we got to include a few others, right? Like Black Widow, because they're similar. Yelena, uh -huh. they're down there. Ant-Man? Yeah, although, again, I don't feel like we necessarily have to put Yelena in there yet because the, the reason I'm trying to narrow it to, to, like, title characters is just because otherwise it can start to, okay, to okay, expand. Okay. <laughs> like, if we just, like, look at everyone that was in Endgame then plus everyone that we've gotten since then, like, that's a massive list of people that I don't know that we're ready to. Okay. It's a little unwieldy of the guardians. I think Drax would also be in this list personally. Now that's interesting. I, I, so I think rocket would be in this list. Um, okay. Rocket I don't and know Dra about, 
Okay, sorry, Rocket. But, I don't know about Drax. Drax. It's hard because Drax is like really set up at differently in Guardians 1 than in any other film, you know? Okay, but even like Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, Ant-Man, they could all take Drax out via their technology. Like, well, like what does Drax bring? <laughs> That's an interesting one. I, d- I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think Drax could be tier three. Because <laughs> okay. I think, like, I, I think there's a, we can talk about this as we, as we get into tier three, but I think, like, I think of tier four as basically highly skilled, like, normal strength individuals. Like, Rocket, I don't think we've ever gotten any indication that he's, like, a super strong raccoon. He's super smart and in a way that makes him stronger, but not in a way that, like, elevates him, like, to, like, a tier three or above. And I think that that's kind of, like, like the same to me as Hawkeye and Black Widow. And I think, I think, like, Falcon would fall into that category okay. as well. Okay. Um, or Captain America now. Peter Quill would be an interesting one because I think pre him giving up his godness, he would probably be higher. Right. But once he gives right. it up, he's kind of just a human with some guns, right? And that's an, I mean, that's another point that I think we, like what version of these characters are you envisioning? Because they've, they've gone through various stages, you know, like Hulk, like, are we talking like modern Hulk or are we talking like age of Ultron era Hulk? Well, I think that's why I only want to rank the top 10 or so with an actual number because, you know, character 27 versus character 30 is a tough call at this point. So I'm just trying to like gauge who's not there. So like, let's just move up to three and we can have a, a larger discussion. Because I think we, I think we've laid out who would be in four. Right. So well. Black Widow, Hawkeye, Rocket, Quill, post giving up his godness, Yelena, although it's not main character, Ant Man, Kate Bishop, the Wasp, maybe Drax, etc. Tier three, right. one step up. So now my mind goes to, like, not the super powered of the super powered, but clearly more than that, like Spider Man. Right. Spider Man would beat. Right. Spider-Man would beat those other characters in a fight, but he would lose to the Hulk. And, and that's, and right, and that's who I was thinking of. Like, I, I feel like Spider-Man and Drax, I, I think would be like fairly similar in strength. Maybe, maybe that's wrong, but- I think I, Spider-Man would beat Drax, like, I really do. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. It's, it's weird because like, I'm bringing some comics background into this where Drax is supposed to be like pretty formidable, but he has been such comic relief in the films that it's hard to parse out like exactly how strong we're supposed to view that character as being. So I, I think okay. I, I would still err on the side of three, but I, I think you could maybe make a case for four, but I think if he's in four, he's clearly stronger than like anybody else in tier four. Okay. So then the rest of three in my mind is Captain America. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. And then if you say Captain America, he's on the same level as Iron Man kind of the thing about Iron Man that separates him in my mind from, from like rocket is like, they both are super smart and have used that like tech savvy to increase their strength. But I think Iron Man has done it to such a degree that he was able to kind of hold his own with Thanos for a second on, you know, in infinity war. Um, even if he gets beaten, I mean, you see, you see a moment when it's just one-on-one and the fact that, he doesn't just get immediately obliterated, <laughs> right. I think speaks to 
to the level to which he's elevated himself. I love that you brought that up because Thanos is kind of my barometer as well in my head. Like that's that's what I'm thinking is like, how would they do against Thanos? Would it be an instant destruction mm-hmm. or do they hold their own? <laughs> and how long would they be able to do that? <laughs> um, if this all goes well, I'll hold your own. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> you had to make it weird. I think to me then Black Panther would also be on the same level. Because so, like my brain goes yes. to like yeah. Iron Man, Captain America, Black Panther. Those are kind of like three on the same level. Spider-Man, right. I guess, if you want to include that. And I would put Bucky in there because I think Bucky and Cap are, are probably around the same level okay. strength-wise. That's the sense that we get. If Bucky is in there, then I think Bucky is the bottom of, of the third tier. Like, I think I Iron agree. Man and I Cap agree. beat him, and so does Black Panther. Yeah. Who else would you include? Anyone else on this third tier? Yeah, I think Loki goes in that third tier. As we're talking about protagonists now, I know he was a villain formerly, but I think that that Loki is, you know, he's an Asgardian. Uh, we've seen him hold his own in combat in certain situations. I don't think that he's a match for like Thor, but I think no. that he's stronger than anyone in tier four. Okay. I could buy that. Then I would also argue Gamora. I would argue Gamora is the strongest Agreed. of yeah. the guardians. So, okay. So then if that's, if that's three, Iron Man and Black Panther for me, I think, would be the top of that list, mm-hmm. followed by Spider-Man probably, and then the bottom of that list would include people like Loki, Drax, Bucky would be the bottom of that. And then Groot's an interesting one because full-size yeah, Groot think, is pretty strong. Yeah. I think Groot, if we're looking again at like Guardians 1 specifically, which I think is fair because all the other versions we've gotten are not him fully formed. I think he would he would be near the top of of a tier three. We talked about Ant Man in tier four, and I initially thought he would be in tier four, but there is the like giant man side of that to consider, right? Like, how does that? Yeah, yeah. Ant Man's tier three. He's three. He's got to be. I three. think that's. I think because right. I think he would hang with those right. other people with his tech. But yeah, we saw that in Civil War a little bit, you know. And then yeah, Giant Man that's takes true. out a bunch of aliens. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think he's tier three. So for me though, this is where I want to actually rank them. Tier two uh-huh. for me, this is mine in my head. Hulk, Vision, and Doctor Strange. Okay. And, and here's why I'm gonna say this. My tier one in my head is is Captain Marvel, Wanda, and Thor. But I think Captain Marvel, Wanda, and Thor are one notch ahead of Hulk, Vision, and Doctor Strange. React to that. So, okay, I I, I struggle with Vision because I... Yes, me too. I think part part of the reason why why we're tempted to put Vision in a lower tier... Because he got surprised in Infinity War. Right. But the thing is, like, they... I think that that is because of how strong he is. Like that was a reaction to them knowing that he was overpowered. Like if you look at him in Age of Ultron and in Civil War, I mean, Wanda can affect Vision and that's really the only thing that ever stopped him. I mean, he's made of vibranium and he has an infinity stone attached to him. I know. Like, I don't know that you can really get any stronger than that. Right. Right. I think it's just we saw him, we saw them take him out early. And so we're, I know. we think of him being kind of out of commission in Infinity War, which they needed to do for story reasons. But I think that like full powered vision, 
I think is on par with Thor. I think that that's sort of what Age of Ultron was supposed to be telling us. But what we've been given, though, is him getting taken out of the equation. So that's, I mean, that's hard to just ignore. I understand. Yeah, the okay, this is a tricky one. The perfect version of him not being surprised is definitely tier one. Age of Ultron style. Right. You're right. Vibranium body, infinity stone head. <laughs> That's pretty tough to beat. <laughs> um, and we kind of saw what what if ran with, you know, with that. Right. But we just see him get stabbed and that kind of takes him off the map a little bit. And now I'm distracted by that. Yeah, that's fair. But I, but I think I'm still trying to th- like, I'm thinking of. Okay. Hulk is also weird too, because right. Hulk is typically tier one strongest you get. Cause he can't die. I mean, he, he literally can't die by normal means, right. but we saw him get his butt kicked by Thanos with no stones or one stone, right? Right. Does that influence it? That's what's influencing my brain. Whereas Wanda, Captain Marvel, and Thor, the one differentiator between them is they not only stood against Thanos, they actually had him, like, down. Right. Like, Doctor Strange even couldn't do that, you know? He held his own, but we never saw indication that he was about to beat him. Whereas all those other ones had moments like that to me and Hulk didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I do think Hulk has to be a tier. And again, this is, this is different from what I would say if we were doing this, like based on, on like comic lore. Um, And I'm trying to not bring that in because that is not the exercise that we're engaged in. So for people that are like, but Hulk is the strongest there is. I do think there's, precedent for that in the comics that they managed to maintain that i don't think that that's what we've been shown in the mcu to your point like we the first scene in infinity war is thanos beating him basically in a fist fight um but i think yeah i think so let's look at it this way before we get up to tier one let's let's see who isn't there because I, i see what you're saying vision I still think we have to, I'm looking at this in terms of kind of like the, the optimal, like going back to the quintessential version of these characters for this exercise, which I think is not Peter Quill with God powers. Cause almost like the, you know, 80% of the time that we've spent with Peter Quill across the movies he's shown up in, he hasn't had access to these God powers. So I don't really think that that's, that's what we think of when we think of Star-Lord. And I think similarly, when we think of Hulk, I think we think of like Age of Ultron Hulk, not Professor Hulk. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but just kind of like the 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 version get, that you, you know what it. I mean? So I think looking at it that way, that version of Vision, okay, well, I, I, still, can, okay. I, th- I think goes tier one. Okay, I agree. But then it's towards the bottom of tier one. Like, I think Wanda would beat Vision if they had to battle. I, I, I agree with that. Okay. Can I throw a couple so, of the wrenches in here that we're forgetting? Like, do yes. you agree that all of the Eternals are similar power levels? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's fair because they were all created by the same beings, right. you know? Now, where would all of those sit? To me, that's like low, low two or upper three. Like, to me, I think... Black Panther or like Iron Man would give Icarus a run for his money. 
or maybe yeah. sl- slightly above that. Like Iron Man could probably think, block some of the laser shots and and do the same thing back, I would think, or have some weird device that would capture him or shut his eyes. You know, right? Yeah, but I think that he's. But he also penetrated a spaceship with his eyes, Icarus. You know. Well, and like, it, like technically, again, we haven't seen this mythos fully built out, but like to the degree that they run with Harry Styles, Eros being the brother of Thanos. And if Harry Styles, Eros is an eternal, then that would make Thanos kind of an eternal like he is in the comics. And so it would kind of make sense that if there's some like shared DNA there, uh, that the average eternal would be, I think would be, and for sure Icarus would beat Iron Man. I mean, I think Iron Man... I mean, technically, Iron Man wound up beating Thanos through, like, ingenuity, but that's not really what we're doing here. I think we're talking about okay, just okay, straight, okay. you know, one versus the other. But you agree that the Eternals would lose to Hulk in Tier 2, right? I think Hulk so. Hulk could smash them all. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And we're talking about Icarus, who's probably the strongest of them all. Like, some of them, Sprite, can't trick Hulk enough, I don't think, to get away with it. I don't know. I, th- I think, yeah, I think I upper, mean, upper tier three or, or the bottom of tier two for Eternals. I think tier two makes sense for Eternals. I feel like they're in the same category as, as Hulk and from what we've seen in the MCU. What about Shang-Chi with the rings? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think tier three. Okay, still, yeah, I think, it, I think Shang-Chi's on the same level as Black Panther, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, so then we got to kind of come up with. I'm saying all that to say I'm trying to find the very top contenders. You know, like what's the very top of the top? Okay, so now that we've kind of tossed out a lot of the candidates, I'm sure we're missing some. I'm sure, but to me, now working from the top, do you go Thor, Wanda, or Captain Marvel for your one, two, three? Like who would win of those three? And what's interesting to me is like. Wanda may actually be the strongest with what her powers can do, but she also Mm -hmm. might be the most vulnerable of those three. Have we been given any indication that Captain Marvel can just be shot in the head? And I don't know that we've even even thought that Thor could. Like if Bucky walked up with a machine gun and shot at Thor, don't you feel like it'd probably just bounce off him? Whereas Wanda, if she wasn't ready like we see in civil war, I feel like could be vulnerable to a bullet. Like we see, we saw a white vision right. almost just crush her head. Right. Right. But if she's ready, then I don't think those other people stand a chance. Ooh. Yeah. I think, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking of five, five characters in the, in my tier one here. Um, and one that you threw out in tier two, but I think is in tier one. Um, and here's here's Milas, and I'm curious to get your reaction to this. I think that number five in tier one is Vision. I think number four is Doctor Strange because no, no I think no, Doctor no, no. Strange, I think Doctor Strange has some like very he can manipulate reality at like a basic level. I think that that. I think he, he could, whenever he's, I mean, he, and he did hold his own with Thanos with the stones, like the other characters we're talking about. Still. Yeah. But think about this. Like whenever, whenever like Wanda and Captain Marvel fought Thanos, which we'll talk about in a second, he didn't have the stones or didn't have access to them in the same way. But 
Strange was fighting him using, like, he, Strange was fighting the Infinity Stones, essentially. Like, Thanos is, like, throwing all of the different stone powers at him, and Strange still, like, hung in there for a bit. And I feel like okay, that has to be recognized. Okay, Strange versus Vision versus Hulk. They're battling it out. How do you see that going? I think Strange, like, I think Strange could win. I think he could win. Okay, he's, but Vision, we haven't seen that Strange can just handle Vision's blast from his head. But you know what? But Strange could probably, probably also do a do a portal and reverse it back at him kind of thing. Right. Or or do a, like one of his shields that we've seen him use. Like I, I yeah. think I, the, the, the trick with Doctor Strange is I just don't think we've ever seen an upper limit. And I think that's what makes me so excited about hmm. Multiverse of Madness is there's this idea that someone like that, maybe there isn't an upper limit. Like he's so... He's so ambitious and he's so talented just as a person. And then the fact that he has this natural proclivity towards, you know, the mystical arts. I just, I really think that there's, like, it, it, think about it this way. In WandaVision, we get that line where Agatha says, you're destined to be even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. I feel like the fact that she says it that way implies okay. that the Sorcerer Supreme is like top tier power, you know? Can the Hulk die? Because we got that reference that he put a bullet in his mouth and, and he spit it out. Um, and every time we've seen him lose, it's basically just been him subdued all the way to the point where he's knocked out or he turns back into Bruce, but not dead. If you tied an anchor to his feet and drowned him in the ocean, <laughs> he would eventually suffocate and die, right? Eventually. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I do think we're supposed to, maybe think that if if he hadn't been transported away in Infinity War, that Thanos would have killed him. Right. I don't so, know if that's true or not. But yeah, I mean, to, yeah, <laughs> I think that, right? I mean, I think that's supposed to be the thing is like at the, at Heimdall saves him at the last minute and otherwise he would have been killed. Okay, so then I think Hulk is towards the top of tier two. Like Hulk would beat the Eternals. Right. That's what I think. Yeah. But, but yeah. okay, but you're saying Vision 5... Doctor Strange four uh -huh. then, yep. Then give me your three because I'm interested to hear this top three. <laughs> so my my number three is Thor. Um, but is that because is that because you're thinking of Fat Thor and that's you know biasing your opinion on that? No, 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 no. I mean because I'm still putting Thor above Vision, which I think is still like yeah, I, I think you could I think that's debatable, but I I think part of it is the press around, you know, like Kevin Feige has made some statements, which again, I mean, this is our own interpretation, but I feel like Marvel was really making a push for like, look, Captain Marvel is the strongest, like the strongest character that we've introduced until now. And I, the reason I bring up Captain Marvel is she's my number two. And I think oh, in wow. what if we got to look at what it would look like for Captain Marvel and Thor to fight. And they're basically even, I think, was the takeaway from that. So I almost think it's interchangeable. Like, I think mm -hmm. it could be like Captain Marvel. Like, it, it's it's like a A and B situation. But at the end of the day, Captain Marvel, is, I mean, her powers are driven by an Infinity Stone and Thor's aren't. And I, I do, you know, I do think there's something to that. I agree with you, I think, with this order. But my only pushback would be when Thanos had literally all six stones Thor was able to still throw Stormbreaker into his chest through the power of the stones. That's a good point. 
But I agree with your list. I agree. But had he not talked to Thanos, I think he could have chopped his head off right then and there, like he does later, I think. Yeah. Whereas Captain Marvel really holds her own against Thanos when he gets most of the stones, but when Thanos kind of cheats and pulls one stone out, you see that the power stone does push her back pretty hard. But, I, but I'm also with you because Thor in Endgame basically is the same Thor, but he's a little out of touch. He's about to right. die to Stormbreaker. Like if Captain America doesn't save his life, Thanos is about to shove Stormbreaker through Thor's chest. Whereas we never see that with Captain Marvel. Well, and when it's basically Thor versus Thanos, no stones, no Stormbreaker, Thanos like easily dispatches Thor at the beginning of Infinity War. Now, I'm not saying that's fair because I think part of Thor's is power comes from is is from Stormbreaker, but I do think that that's a data point that we have to consider. And then the Scarlet Witch at number one, huh? That's an interesting one because, like I said, we've seen her be able to get pulled out of the ring. You know, like when when Rhodey does that weird echo thing for her ears, it messes mm -hmm. her up to where she can't do her powers. And we've seen Vision right. almost crush her head, White Vision. But on the other side of it, we don't know what her ceiling is yet power-wise, right? Is that the argument? Because, like, when Thanos right. shows up to her and she's pissed off, he's got Thanos basically, like, getting ripped to shreds. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you you raised a really interesting point about her. Like, I do think, and she's more vulnerable than even a lot of people in Tier 3 would be. But... I think that when she's on, you know, on, especially now that she's getting more control over her powers and understanding her abilities more, like I kind of think, like if I'm thinking like Wanda versus Captain Marvel, I think Wanda could could take Captain Marvel. I think there are way, I mean, she can get in her head. She can like manipulate the space around her. We might and, see that, and I think <laughs> I know which would be crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the question then becomes like, once she had, like, if she were able to subdue or gain some kind of control over Carol, like to your earlier point, I don't know what you actually do at that point. Like, if you have to beat her, like she does seem borderline indestructible <laughs> as a person. So I guess that would be that would be something to consider. But I think that in terms of like, if we're not talking about who kills who, but who wins in the fight, you know, like who subdues, I think that Wanda wins. Yeah. How do you, how do you kill Carol? Do you, you gas her? <laughs> I'm trying to think I mean, of they've, like, they, they've got like, it just brings me back to like what we said in our very first uh, episode on Captain Marvel. Like they've just got to, they've got us. to give us some vulnerability with that character in the next, in the next outing. Because well, because like we're going down this list and every character on this list, it's either easy to imagine how they could die or lose, or we've seen some sign of it, right? So Wanda, we just talked about. Right. But Carol, I don't know. Thor, we've seen, you know, like I said, Thanos is gonna kill him basically with Stormbreaker through his chest. Um, turn right. back around on him. Doctor Strange, I think, is totally believable he could die to me. Oh, sure. I could think of ways yeah. that it would happen. I could think of ways Vision's going to die because he does. <laughs> we right. see what happens if someone's strong enough to just rip the stone out of his head and his brain out. Uh, and then Hulk, like I said, I think we've seen him subdued a lot. I don't know if he can die. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of led to believe that there's probably like an antidote you could give him and then kill him or like a, a gas or like tie him at the bottom of an ocean. I think he'd run out of oxygen. But even Carol, uh -huh. 
she can fly through space without needing oxygen. <laughs> so right. if you tie her at the bottom of the ocean, can she just breathe because of the shield around her body? That's the one. I, see, Carol's the weird one there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it is. Well, it's interesting because it's the one. It's the one character that we've never like. So so much of the Captain Marvel film is about her realizing her full power, and then she only really shows up in Endgame as the the you know the backup that is kind of it's the ace in the hole character to where every time she shows up, she delivers in a big way. Like we've never seen the moment, like there's never been a moment of her being down and out since she's had full access to those powers. And that's why like, if they don't give us some, like some sense of, of stakes there, like that, that we had a conversation about this on the, on the Slack in the context of a totally different topic, but just about how really the important thing in all of this, whether you're talking about big universe shaking stuff, or if you're talking about like daredevil street level stuff, is you have to know that there are stakes, um, which shout out Neil, by the way. I don't want to steal his point without giving him credit there. Oh, but that was so good. It was such, it was such a great point, and, and I think that that is something that we, have, we just haven't gotten yet with Carol. I think we will, like I'm, like I'm saying, but we really have in no way seen that since the end of Captain Marvel. Okay, so this discussion could happen forever, and I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks. Rank your heroes by tiers or actually number them, whatever. Visit us on Slack. Go to our website, theffwpodcast.com, and click on Join Slack, and you could let us know. But this is kind of where we're at, right? Robbie, the official Friends from Work ranking would be Wanda, one, mm -hmm. Captain Marvel, two, Thor, three, Doctor Strange, four, Vision 5, that's kind of the top of the top. Then we go Hulk 6, most of the Eternals 7 after that. Mm -hmm. Then we didn't fully sort this out, but I would probably go Iron Man 8, Black Panther 9, Captain America 10. How does that hit you? I think that feels about right. Um, maybe maybe Shang-Chi 10 instead of Captain America. Maybe. And I think, I think Spider-Man would be right after those. Don't you think that Captain America could beat Spider-Man, though? If he had to? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, again, that, I mean, that's like a Civil War thing. But then you look back, that's like baby Spider-Man. Like, you know, I don't know if now kind of mature Spider-Man could. I, th I, think, I think they're pretty evenly matched, probably. Um, but I, I think, no, I don't know. I think Spider-Man would win. I think if there was... There was a world where they were really going all out. I think Spider-Man beats Cap. So Spider-Man at 10 instead of Cap at 10? Or Shang-Chi? I think so. That's that's what we got to figure out. Okay. You go Spider-Man 10, Shang-Chi, Cap? <laughs> well, the rings are almost <laughs> invulnerable, though, if he has them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting just to to get people's, hear other people's top 10 at least, based on the, the kind of criteria we've put up. Shang-Chi, no rings, obviously, is like tier four. He's a fighter. That's it. Or maybe even right. lower. With rings, though, we saw that like they made his father last forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, Ooh, and, and by the way, I would say, I would say he would, he would definitely make it. I would say he, he would be top of tier four, right? Because like, I would say he's, like we see him being like a martial arts, like full on expert. So I would 
price slot him above like Clint and Natasha. But he's got the rings, and we got to do the most ideal selves, right? So we got to. Oh no, the no, rings. for sure, right, right. But I was just because you mentioned without the rings, but yeah, with the rings. That was yeah. a little harder because we haven't we haven't spent a ton of time with the rings, and the only time he had them, he was in another dimension. So it's hard to That's really true. put like one to one there. Look, I, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see Shang Chi actually battle an Earth based villain, you know, at some point, and see how that yeah. works. Because it could be in tier two, like it could be like Eternal. Yeah, I was going to say like that. a seven, theoretically. Yeah, but we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually the more I think about it, I, I think I would be more comfortable putting him bottom tier two than in tier three. Because I, 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 I do think like as I'm talking through the other people in tier three, like, yeah, yeah I, think I think so. Shang-Chi with the rings beats them. Yeah, so Hulk at six, Eternals at seven, Shang-Chi at eight, and then probably Iron Man, Black Panther, nine, ten with Spider-Man just behind that at 11, probably. I like that. I like that a little bit better. Yeah, that feels right to me. So as we've said a lot of times, we'd love to hear from you guys. This is an ongoing discussion. We'll probably come up with a formal ranking and post an image on our website or on social media at the FFW podcast just to get the discussion started. Uh, As you heard, we're still working through it a little bit. So give us a little grace as we flesh some of this stuff out. But I just think it'd be a fun discussion starter at some point. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check out our website, the FFWpodcast.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now leave us a star rating on Spotify as well. So it used to just be Apple, now Spotify too. Be following our social media for these giveaways that we're doing that are tied along with these Saga So Far rewatches. Like we said, we're doing an Eternals one next week. Prep yourself for a Friends from Work Plus movie club episode by watching Arrival this week. And on Friends from Work Plus, we are wrapping up Daredevil season one next Monday. So be on the lookout for all of that as we inch closer and closer to Moon Knight and Doctor Strange. Thank you so much for listening. From the bottom of our hearts, we love you guys, and we'll see you next time on Friends from Work.